0: 7.43. So, after President Donald Trump's insistence yesterday that the US stands with Saudi Arabia in the wake of the murder of journalist Shamar Khashoggi, onlookers see this as part of an effort to keep Saudi Arabia from slashing oil production. I mean, President Trump has made that pretty clear through through his own comments. Um, But indeed, oil prices did immediately respond with prices falling to their lowest levels of the year. We have seen a bounce back since then. But with OPEC's December 6th meeting approaching, investors are questioning where this group goes next, given American, Russian and, and Saudi influences. For more analysis, let's bring in Professor Bill Arnold in the practice of energy management at Rice University's Jones Graduate School of Business in Houston. And thank you for joining us.
1: Good morning. It's good to be with you.
0: We've seen more than a 6% drop in oil prices this week um, in just one day, actually, hitting the lowest finish in over a year. Uh, despite the bounce back since then, can you just address the factors that led to that drop?
1: Well, in fact, the, uh, the, the drop has been more than 25% in a little over a month, so it's lost the, the gains of the year. And I think it uh, reflects three factors. One is the continued increase in U.S. production. A second is the temporary waivers on Iranian imports for eight countries, of course, including uh, South Korea. And that's against uh, expectations of strict enforcement of the sanctions. And then third would be the Khashoggi crisis that led uh, Saudi Arabia to compensate for any loss of Iranian production. So you put those three factors together and you had a remarkable drop. And it was against expectations that sanctions would be much tougher and therefore there'd be uh, less less oil in the market.
0: So we see President Trump's hand somewhere behind the strings on a number of factors. Can I just briefly read out this tweet from nine hours ago? Here's what he had to say, as well as make America great again in large capitals. <laughs> he said, oil prices getting lower, great, like a big Tax cut for America and the world. Enjoy. $50 was just $82. Thank you to Saudi Arabia, but let's go lower. How would you unpack that tweet? <laughs> the, uh, the, I mean, the I mean, what I mean to say is, do, do you really believe it will go lower? And is President Trump a major impact there?
1: Well, I think the president was, was trying to uh, see lower oil prices, but more importantly, lower gasoline prices at the time of our uh, elections a couple of weeks ago. And and the pressures at that time were going in the opposite direction. The expectation were that his enhanced uh, sanctions on Iran, uh, combined with limited apparent capacity to, to increase production in Russia and Saudi Arabia, uh, would uh, result in much higher prices, perhaps going to $100 a barrel for oil and consequent increase in, in gasoline. And then along came the, uh, the Khashoggi uh, killing, and it just upset the, uh, the dynamics tremendously. And the Saudis found themselves more willing to, uh, to try to uh, accommodate the president by increasing production to drive prices lower. So I think he's, he's had a hand in this. Um, his leverage became greater in recent weeks than might have been the case otherwise.
0: What really is the implication of President Trump's support for for Saudi Arabia? A very difficult political moment with with the world very suspicious of that that role in that murder. Yeah,
1: you know, there, there's really no no good outcome from all this. And I think what what he's trying to do is to maintain influence with a, a key player. And there may be also some concern that uh, the risks of destabilizing the kingdom could bring a, around uh, circumstances that. Uh, might remind us of the uh, the Arab Spring that didn't work out very well.
0: OPEC members meet with other oil producers next month. Uh, what do we expect to see come out of that meeting, given all this backdrop?
1: Yeah, I, I think that that OPEC and Russia will pursue what they feel are their own strategic interests. And they learned a hard lesson in 2014 to 2017 when they increased production, drove prices down dramatically from well over $100 to under $30 for a while. But it, it didn't break the uh, the fracking, so-called fracking activity in the in the United States, because it comprised hundreds, if not thousands, of independent producers who actually found ways of of reducing their cost of production. So I think that that uh, Russia, Saudi, and other members of OPEC uh, are going to have to make some very hard decisions about what's in their their own best interest, and probably most likely to, uh, to agree to some new production cuts that still work towards optimizing their own position.
0: Looking a little closer as uh, the impact of Iranian sanctions uh, since November 5th, when they came into effect, but the, the break, the temporary break on oil for certain countries, including South Korea, does that mean we're going to see a delayed impact of those sanctions?
1: Well, I think there's, there's certainly been an impact on, on Iran, the Iranian economy. Uh, the economy has been been devastated uh, during the course of the year. The uh, exchange rate has fallen by 70 percent or so. Um, but the, the administration, the Trump administration, talked very, very tough on sanctions, but, but really gave out fairly generous waivers to the uh, to the eight very important countries, which contributed to the, uh, the collapse in prices. Um, ironically, uh, th- this does give the uh, the mullahs uh, some uh, political leverage in, in blaming the U.S. for the state of their own economy. So it could have been much stronger, but it's still significant, and it's uh, significant to the Iranian people.
0: Another... Factor in the background there the global trade war, especially between the U.S. and and China, and and this general move towards protectionism, the "Make America Great Again" philosophy. H- how do you see that impacting oil prices in the longer term?
1: Yeah, the well the the global trade war has a lot of negative impacts, some of which we can see, and and others that will probably surface over time. What gives me the greatest concern is a, a systemic risk to reduce global growth just in, in most countries around the world, which, of course, would hurt oil demand, but also impacts financial markets and, and just the day-to-day well-being of people. Um, one of the things we've seen in, uh, in West Texas, for example, is that the the cost of producing oil uh, is actually increasing because of the tariffs on steel. It's a great deal of iron and steel used in the production, so it's raising those prices to some extent. And then the Chinese retaliation against U.S. tariffs uh, placed on LNG imports uh, disrupts the LNG market, this global market that's really based on free trade.
0: Longer term predictions as well. Uh, I mean, next year and beyond, we've got a situation where for many of us, the way we relate with oil is is through our cars. And if, if more and more people are looking at alternative ways of fueling cars, electric vehicles over the next decade or two. Uh, th- th- that's um, another issue that's going to drive up supply versus demand.
1: Well, that, that's accurate. I think that it's a question of, of how that timing uh, takes place. I think a lot of analysts feel that the, uh, that, that over, the, the, the me- over the longer term, that uh, oil production and demand will probably stabilize. Um, probably not decline for, for quite some time, but stabilize, whereas the, the demand for natural gas will continue to increase because it's proved to be a pretty effective uh, way of reducing carbon footprints. Uh, in the U.S., for example, where we have not had a, a very effective federal national policy to deal with climate issues, the conversion from uh, coal-produced electricity to natural gas has actually had a, a tremendous impact on in reducing our carbon footprint.
0: I've just been looking at some of the responses to that President Trump tweet that we started this interview (laughs) with. Um, We got one response from a a Saudi tweeter saying, Thank you, President Trump, for taking into account the strategic and historical relationship between the USA and Saudi Arabia, or the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. We hope that we work together to fight terrorism and keep peace and stability in the region and around the world. God bless our two countries. It's that kind of view that really highlights the way this is about oil but it's about so much more than oil what's your view on that
1: yeah it's it's a very very high powered geopolitical game and it it, it certainly involves uh, the kingdom of saudi arabia but to to the extent that the the kingdom is is very hostile to iran you have a situation where the uh, the enemy of my enemy is, can be my friend so you have some some very interesting dynamics going on there uh, the the role that uh, Iran has played in, in Yemen, um, the, uh, the 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 role that uh, that the King of Saudi Arabia has had in, in stabilizing markets. So, oil is, is central to it, but it's not the not necessarily the end game.
0: Yeah, a lot of people raising moral questions uh, about President Trump's handling of the aftermath of the murder of Jamal. Khashoggi, and obviously that's, I understand, an area that's outside of your own professional expertise. But here's a a point that I've noticed that you might want to comment on. Um, Some commentators wondering why President Trump is placing so much emphasis on Saudi Arabia when Canada is the US's biggest supplier of imported oil, um, reportedly at 40% compared to 11% from Saudi Arabia. How would you address that one? Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's accurate, and I think it's something that's not very well understood. the The North American trade that we have in in energy is probably underappreciated. We're now exporting a, a very significant amount of natural gas uh, to Mexico, and and that those volumes are increasing dramatically. And the uh, the energy trade with with Canada is very substantial. Um, we've because of the tremendous increase in oil production in the U.S., we're, we're now at eleven point seven million barrels per day that we don't need the, the extent of imports that we've had in the past. And I think we find that we get very good energy security by having a mix of of uh, relationships. So the uh, yeah, the Saudi part is lower, the Nigerian imports in the U.S. have virtually uh, gone away. And so it's a very different market uh, than it has been. So it's not so much just a, uh, a need on the part of the U.S. for Saudi oil. It's the a much more global impact that, that oil markets have and that larger geopolitical forces play.
0: A lot of people complaining as well that they're not seeing these wider oil changes reflected in more specific prices filling up their cars at the pumps. A lot of complaints I'm seeing coming from California. And and that's also a complaint we sometimes hear here in Korea as well, although the government has actually been yeah. doing its part to push down Petrol prices, um, but uh, just to finish with, do you, do you think ordinary people will feel the benefit soon?
1: Yeah, there there are lag, leads and lags in, in gasoline prices related to oil. So the the gas station on the corner uh, bought their their gasoline a, a day ago or a few days ago, and it's not reflecting what today's market prices might be. Um, and there's some you know short term variabilities as well, but but the general direction uh, will follow oil prices.
0: Professor Arnold from the Energy Management Department at Rice University, thank you very much for sharing your time today.
1: Thanks very much. Have a great day.